You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Bright and early, Monday morning. Brethren, how was y'all weekend? It was good. Uh, pretty relaxing. Uh, kind of stayed in low-key this weekend. Um, was over in St. Pete on uh, on Saturday uh, and Sunday morning. But uh, overall, very relaxing. A uh, couple farmer's markets, a little shopping. But uh, it was good okay. to be uh, even keel this weekend. You know what I mean? Nice wholesome weekend. Nice wholesome weekend, as they all often are. Most yeah, of them, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm coming down with something, so we've got... Cough drops on deck. We got some. We gotta get you some sea moss, man, and get your immune. You, you you like you fighting the cold like every other week, bro. bro. You like yeah. my son in, in elementary school. Ooh, I've been around little kids. My uh, my nephews came into town oh. um, this weekend, yeah. and I was with my friends' kids. So I'm guessing I'm, I'm getting whatever whatever's at daycare. Yeah, has been coming into my house. Sorry to hear that, um, man. Um, did did see your your baseball concession stand cuisine? Yeah, got the got yeah. the Twitter screech riled up. Yeah, that's uh, that's caused a headache. <laughs> what? Um, so so Nick, uh, so if people don't follow you on Twitter, which or X, whatever we're calling it these days, uh, Nick posted a picture of a maybe the world's worst looking cheeseburger, and then a focaccia. Deep dish pizza, which looked not Hello dish, deep that dish at deep. all. As somebody that's been to Chicago, I think all of us have been to Chicago and had deep dish pizza. Very, right. very little uh, in the Venn diagram of comparisons. Uh, but Nick, talk to us a little bit about your uh, your concession food. And then um, I think that you also wanted to put it out there that the University of Florida doesn't necessarily set those prices either. Because I think some people are wondering why we still had to raise money to build a new stadium if we're charging $19 for a dollar 35 hamburger yeah they um it's a it's a third party um that is contracted to do the concessions um i was told that there's inflation and there's a wide range of Mm. uh, options at florida's baseball park which there are Mm. um and having more options can be lead to make uh, lead to making prices more expensive You you have to order more inventory hold more inventory um so the cost of deep dishes is going up like the actual pan mm. yeah i don't i don't know i had i just had a bunch of people telling me like hey it's it's too expensive to go to the new park and i looked at the tickets and i'm like bro you can get in for seven dollars right. a general mission ticket was seven dollars on sunday maybe so, six yeah. six dollars okay. on sunday seven on saturday and like nine on friday that's a deal. And then someone was like, well, it's, it's impossible to eat. And I was like, oh, well, they feed us in the press box. So I I, I don't know. So I went down and looked. I'm like, man, these these do seem high. Um, So when I looked right. and I'm like, a, a bottle of water costs nearly as much as a ticket to get into the game. Yeah. So that's it's all like, it was. It's, it's like, like the club days, right? Like in free mm-hmm. before 12 because they want to get you in to 
for you to buy liquor, right? Like, yeah, right. Ten twenty dollars at the door that limits them to make the real profits at the bar, so they let you in free or at a low cost to get to the bar. It um and listen, maybe maybe there is a reason. Maybe that is uh, that's what prices cost everywhere. Uh, I'm at Florida Games because I cover Florida. Um, I'll be down in Coral Gables, so I'll see uh, Miami this week. I know those Mark like shakes are delicious. Um, but yeah, yeah, this has caused a lot of headaches, and uh, I'm getting asked more about the food, which wasn't good. Um, but I'm getting asked about baseball. We um, saw that last year a little bit, right? Um, I think a high noon was like fifteen dollars last year when we were there. Yeah, yeah. those are the. Those I know that they're the, the double the high tall, noons. I guess. Big boys, yeah. Yeah. What was that, Nick? The big boys, tall boys. Did you do the hand motion again? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that we we saw a little bit of that last year, but I think a, a hot dog was relatively inexpensive. So I was a bit uh, aghast, if you will. Oh, well, they they do they have water fountains, so if you can bring a bottle, oh, uh, nice. you know, like an empty bottle in, you can fill your water up, so you don't have to pay. Bring that Stanley, baby. Five dollars for <laughs> bring a Stanley. Um, I, I don't know. It uh, to me, it seemed like twenty dollars for a burger. Like, I don't care where we are. I feel like if we're talking $20 for a burger, like, that's crazy. Yeah, $20 for a burger. No matter where you are. At Disney. They don't have vegan options. I would have had to get a bun. I wonder how much they charge for, like, just the naked buns. <laughs> I uh, I do appreciate that the folks on On3 were comparing the price of uh, Magic Kingdom and uh, in Disney World to the cost of a, a Gator football or a Gator baseball uh, hamburger. I think uh, – the mouse is only charging eleven dollars uh, for mm. some chicken tenders. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, but we appreciate everybody for uh, listening. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world of Gator sports. So, we will talk about all of those. But before we do that, we will pay <laughs> some bills with our friends over at Lucy. Go visit Lucy.co forward slash stadium to get 15% off of your order and free shipping. I'm sorry, 20% off of your order and free shipping. So again, nicotine right to your door. The nicotine pouch is anything from two milligrams all the way up to 12. They have the regular pouches that you're probably used to. They have the breakers that we've talked about that have a little flavor breaker ball in, in them so you can have increased and more intense flavor. And they also have gum. So um, mint, apple ice, espresso, mango, uh, there's a berry. Uh, so whatever it might be, go set yourself up with Lucy. Again, that's lucy.co forward slash stadium. We'll get you 20% off of your order and free shipping. And if you sign up for a monthly subscription, you'll save an additional 15% off. There's no commitment and you can cancel at any time. So again, lucy.co forward slash stadium, 20% off free shipping, 30 day refund. And the fine print Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every age is every order is age verified. Pardon me. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. So a lot of things. Go ahead. My man in the comments said you got to sneak some uh, spaghetti in your fanny pack. (laughs) Chicken nuggets into your pockets, into the game. Not mad. $10 $10 for a grilled cheese is highway robbery. I went to uh, a 
brunch yesterday and they had the audacity for $15 for a grilled cheese in this economy in this economy in this what economy was the uh what was the mimosa special at brunch didn't have mimosas nick they i mean they had mimosas you shouldn't have any so i didn't look we were just in a uh an edifying and purifying He's on a bender fast man um, all right, so in the world of sports, I'm sure you guys saw this, uh, but on Friday, no news dump is better than a Friday news dump. The NCAA lost a legal battle uh, against the states of Tennessee and Virginia as a federal judge barred the NCAA from enforcing its rules prohibiting name, image, and likeness compensation for recruits. It is just a preliminary injunction uh, but that does uh, apply to all states and all uh, situations regarding NIL for right now. Uh, so um, this was done by the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, and we can imagine that the NCAA is going to uh, to appeal that ruling. Uh, and the NCAA has also said uh, that they are obviously looking for help from Congress due to an endless patchwork of state laws and court opinions making clear partnering with Congress a necessity to provide stability for the future of all college athletes. I think in the end, we're going to need to do something NCAA. President Charles Baker said, because people draw a lot of conclusions from court decisions and then there will be new ones. So uh, for now, we obviously know that the state of Tennessee um, Attorney General uh, in the state of Virginia did sue the NCAA, uh, and this came out uh, as an infraction um, from uh, the Tennessee quarterback Nico, uh, whose name I'm last name I'm forgetting right now. But uh, but right now it seems like all NIL is uh, unenforceable by the NCAA. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? For now, yeah, I think um, I asked a couple lawyers. Um, Assuming the NCAA um, appeals it, it uh, even even after an appeal is filed, it would still be unenforceable until a, a you know a, a ruling or an appeal until they won an appeal until a judge or a court said you know what we do agree with you NCAA which would be the first time anyone in the legal system has said those words to the NCAA in a while. So uh, I think the biggest thing that NIL the NCAA didn't want NIL to be would be inducements. And this, you can straight up just say, like, Silk, we would love to have you play for the Gators, play for the Miami Hurricanes. What What's your number? What does it cost? Mm -hmm. Here's a blank check. Fill that out. We'll look at it, and uh, we'll sign that check over for you, and you come play for us. Yeah, my take is we, uh, us, University of Florida, need to just get more aggressive in NIL. Mm -hmm. Because NCAA is is coming across as powerless. Um, I thought something would come out of this Tennessee thing. We'll see what happens. Even with well, Florida State already took their punishment, but I just think we, everybody should just be a, a, as aggressive as they can in NIL and not cautious. Like err err to the side of caution right now. Like if you if, if that's the boat you're taking, then you're probably gonna get left behind. I would be more aggressive than cautious right now in the NIL market. Yeah, no, and, and right now it does seem like obviously a lot of this goes back to NIL collectives. Um, the judge in this case said while the NCAA permits student athletes to promise or uh, pr uh, pr 
profit. Geez, at least from their NIL, it fails to show how the timing of when a student athlete enters such an agreement would destroy the goal of preserving amateurism. So far this year, uh, the NCAA has backed off of their uh, one-time transfer rule, uh, has now lost this battle uh, over uh, NIL. Uh, the Dartmouth um, students... For me, let me get this right. The Mark Dartmouth men's basketball team, um, a National Labor Relations Board ruling in early February said that they are employees of the school and could form a union. Uh, so, so far, the NCAA uh, has been taking it on the chin, uh, and I don't think that that's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, what I'm curious to see is what happens next. Uh, with enforcement at the college sports level. Uh, I know a lot of people bemoan the NCAA. They want them gone. They wonder what they do. Uh, we know, and we've talked about it, that they exist as an enforcement agency on behalf of all of the member uh, schools that are there. So while you can be pissed off at the NCAA, you also have to then be pissed off at all of the colleges that allow the NCAA to exist. What happens with enforcement um, You know, or what organization exists if this were to continue to happen uh, to the NCAA. Vance Williams kind of asked the same thing, Super Chat. Am I mistaken that it'd be hard to destroy the NCAA since the schools are in the NCAA? Uh, yep, point I was making, there's going to be something else that, that exists out there. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on kind of where the, the NCAA is right now? I think the governing party name may change and it may be mm -hmm. go to a different style of how they do this. So it may not be technically the NCAA. Um, but I think if the schools wanted to enforce something on Tennessee, the schools are just an all in cahoots. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever I think comes down from the NCAA side, because schools pay the NCAA to govern everything. Um, I just think they're moving away from regular college football formats. The playoff is, is, is extending. Uh, NCAA is going to go away. You're probably going to have two divisions. It's going to probably be the Big 12 or the Big 10 and, and the SEC, and then you move forward. Uh, similar to the NFL style, and everybody else would be smaller football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this all started when I can't remember what year when the Power Five decided, "Hey, we can operate autonomously because of what we bring football-wise." And then I think there's not a Power Five; we've probably got two, and everyone else now with the Big Ten and the SEC. It'll be interesting to see how things play out because I think having the NCAA run. Uh, you know, the men's and women's swimming and diving championships, track and field championships, run the baseball uh, and softball tournaments, um, schools like that, um, you know, those smaller sports. But for football, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC won't need the NCAA. Um, and at some point, if they're having to do things because of this new landscape, um, and they're not getting a chance to meet with, and I know Dan has said this before, the NCAA is just enforcing the rules that they've that the schools have agreed upon. How often do we need to meet in this landscape of NIL and transfer portal? Do we need to meet weekly to make new rules? Because mm -hmm. things are changing so quickly. So now you've right. got rules that were never intended to, I guess, govern where we currently are with the Correct. transfer portal and with the government. And then the players are taking – the NCAA to court and they're losing court battles weekly and we're not changing right. the rules. So now the NCAA is like, well, we have to enforce it. Let's go after Florida, Florida state, Miami, Tennessee. And these schools are like, we're, we're literally just trying to right. 
to stay at 75 on I-75, just trying to stay with the flow of traffic. Ideally, you want to like set up these new laws and these rules before you release NIL to the world, but that didn't right. happen, right? Everything's uh, kind of flipped. Hey, Vance, we appreciate that $5. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Hanging out, man. Appreciate that. Um, so so that's a, a point. So sorry to interrupt you there, but that that's a point, right? Like, so the NCAA for a long time, we talked about it on the show for years, and obviously other people were talking about it far beyond that. They just continued to kick the can on a lot of different things, right? And then what happened is Florida, Texas, California, a couple other schools jumped to it and said, Hey, we're gonna make NIL, you know, restrictions and laws. And then the NCAA continued to kick the can, and then all of the states started to create their own NIL laws, and they're all very disjointed. They all some you can get money in high school, something you can't. All of them have different wordings and everything else. And ultimately, the NCAA has been waiting for Congress. And if you think the NCAA is slow at enforcement, then move it to Congress where, I mean, we're we're years away from, you know, congressional act ever coming together that would codify all of this into one uniform ruling. So uh, my curiosity is, does college football last long enough under the NCAA's umbrella before Congress makes a decision or do your power two, power three, whatever, you know, conferences you have left decide to pull out and do create their own enforcement organization. And what does that mean? Um, because right now asking Congress to move at any sort of expedited speed is, is impossible. It would be an act of God. Um, and if that's what we're waiting on, then how long do we sit in this proverbial gray area to be like college football is hanging in the balances right now like if if people don't pay attention to what's going on on a large scale with the coaches the coaches don't want to be here and deal with it they trying to go to the nfl get other jobs uh schools and ncaa is looking weak but it's still no rules set up and there's no clear vision on how nil is supposed to operate uh i think the players need to unionize i think the schools should be paying some of this and and Boosters in the fans shouldn't be put on the hook to be able to pay tuition, not tuition, but salaries of college football athletes. There's a lot of things ha hanging in the balances that need to be resolved or you're going to start losing some fans. You, you, you're losing some 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 high quality coaches. If you start losing high quality coaches that just want to go be even an assistant to the NFL rather than coach coordinated jobs in college football, you're going to lose quality football as the coaching mm -hmm. quality goes down. So there's a lot hanging in the balances with college football and not a lot of answers on the horizon. Yeah. So any curiosity about, you know, what happens with all of the rules and restrictions that are put into a place that, that maybe, you know, would not affect, you know, um, you know, some of the Olympic sports compared to football, what kind of governing body needs to exist for football? Uh, what rules do you keep? What rules do you not keep? What changes from an enforcement perspective should the NCAA go away? You know, if all of these players are able to unionize, if you're able to make them employees of the school, how does that work? Is there a salary cap? Is it based on just whatever the school can provide? Obviously, we know there's a disparaging difference between what the NC or what the SEC and the Big Ten make compared to what the ACC makes. Definitely compared to what, uh, you know, the AAC makes. How do you create that? Uh, do you need to create that? Those are all questions that we're waiting in the wings on. Uh, but it seems to me like every single week uh, there's something that happens to continue to degrade uh, the teeth of the NCAA. The problem is, is what exists on the back end of that is where there's a lot of curiosity. Because uh, Silk, you mentioned it, uh, you know, college football is, you know, suffers if you have coaches leave and, um, you know, what happens to the sport of football in general, 
right? Um, I know a lot of people have already said that the NFL quality has gone down uh, a bit because the amount of transferring that you have or the amount of coaching change that you have and everything else. So fascinating times to follow college football. We'll be curious to see what happens. Uh, but like Nick said, this is a preliminary injunction. It doesn't mean that it's forever. Uh, but until the case is heard or settled, uh, this matter will um, be on uh, on the table or off the table uh, in terms want, of, I guess, enforcement against the Gators too, right? Yeah, I, I kind of want Tennessee to get hammered, and I also kind of want them to win. And like, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a flux a little bit. I want to see NCAA take a L here, you know, to, to cause more more ruckus. And I wouldn't mind Tennessee getting put on suspension or something weird as well. So <laughs> it's a win win situation for me. Oh man! All right. Speaking of college football, Soap wants the with the NCAA's last dying breath for them to give like Tennessee the death penalty. Yeah, like one last little dagger. Bam them boys, toothless bastards. Um, Taylor Holland said, "Do we think that college football would go to a soccer style deal with promotions and demotions?" I don't see that necessarily happening, but I also explain that to me because I'm not a soccer fan. Um, so there's relegation in soccer. There's leagues, um, in professional soccer over in Europe. Uh, if you lose and you're in the bottom three, uh, of your uh, table or standings, uh, you get demoted to the division below and the top three teams from the division below get moved up. So it's a constant reshuffling of the three worst teams from the top conference. Um, oh, shuffling no, we can't do down. that right now. We can't do yes. that right now. Not yeah. Right now. I, I, I think there's a lot of regionalism. I think, you know, if you, if you still want to consider them college athletes, which I know is a question that uh, everybody is wondering right now, I think that the idea of, of that would make that uh, more challenging. Uh, Rod Smith said college football should be set up like the minor leagues, like baseball, but college football is at its highest ratings ever. People are still going to watch football. Um, and then finally, uh, Barone 71 said this, and I was going to bring this up. Uh, the new, Playoff setup is stupid. Uh, the five highest uh, conference champs get automatic bids. Why? There's only a power three and a half now with the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC. Um, yeah, I don't like the you... automatic bid uh, part of it. I like the, the amount of teams because it, it creates that care. Like nobody cares about bowl games, but people are going to be interested if they enter the playoffs. They feel like they got a shot. The fans feel like they got a shot. So those games mean more. But I don't like the automatic bids. I'm with him. It's only like three good conferences right now that should get automatic bids. Everybody else should. You should be able to survey the land and pick the best teams. Yeah, we're we're just gonna get into the same. When it was the BCS, we were arguing over who's three and four and two. When it was the playoff, and now we're just we're just changing the argument. We're arguing well, who's four and who's five, and 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 why is why isn't five four, and why is five out of the playoff? You're just moving that number down. Like we're going to be arguing mm. about who's 12, 13, 14, 15 now. And well, the Big well, 12 was bad this year. The Big 12 shouldn't have had a conference champion in the top 12. Um, you know, let, let's say the Big 12's conference champion is ranked 18th in the country. Right. Well, they're in because they're they're one of the five automatic, and now you're kicking somebody else. We're just changing the argument, but that's sports. You're gonna have an argument regardless. over placements, regardless. Yeah. But I do, I do like that uh, the twelve. Um, it, I, I don't know that you had to have automatic bids. You could just do the top twelve. I'm sure schools who weren't the Big Ten and the SEC were were lobbying uh, heavily 
for automatic bids, so you wouldn't have seven or eight of the 12 teams coming from two conferences. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Obviously, that's a huge um, win for the Big Ten and the SEC in terms of them not limiting the number of uh, teams that could potentially make it into the playoffs either. Um, you know, I think that that was their their goal. Could we see, you know, four or five teams from the SEC or the Big Ten uh, in a particular year? Uh, that would be interesting. Also, uh, did you see that the NCAA is already talking about maybe moving or the uh, college football playoff committee is already talking about potentially having a 14 team playoff starting in 2026. So we haven't even gotten to 12 already discussing 14. Um, you know, then, then what happens after that? Do we go to 16, 32? The way we've been playing lately, I wouldn't mind them going 32. Uh, then. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll just move to like a triple elimination, uh, you know, bracket, you know. They got to make the games matter in the postseason. It's just just good for business. That works well in March, man. And it's for uh, even NIT in in a certain, like, seems more important than bowl season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's just a good way to keep fans involved and engaged. and players not entering the portal as well, right? You know, if they feel like they still yeah. got a shot in the playoffs, they hang around a little bit longer. It slows down some of the portal action uh, from, from at least your starters and whatnot. Maybe some of the backups probably hit it and look for greener pastures and more money. But um, I think it, that could provide some more stability, the larger playoff pool. So a lot of stuff happening in the world of NCAA. Um, Nick. The Gators announced that Russ Calloway uh, last week would be assuming the role of co-offensive coordinator as well as a tight end coach role. So he will join uh, Coach Sale, who is the current offensive coordinator, as well as uh, William Napier, um, who has been calling the plays and running the offense um, as part of a three-headed monster. Uh, but uh, Nick, give us a little background on Russ Calloway, what his role might be, how things yeah. might change uh, over here. Well, I got to know why Silk's laughing first. Because <laughs> we went from two offensive line coaches to two OCs. That's crazy, man. But go ahead, Nick. And it's like the main OCs, like yeah. not even listed as the OC. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, We'll talk about it. Russ Calloway was going to get um, – interviews in the NFL to go and get a position coach, uh, position coaching job. So I think this, this keeps him here. Um, I, I think it will remain to be seen who's calling plays. Like we, we know it's going to be Billy Napier's offense, Billy Napier's system. Um, I thought, I, I still think they'll hire another offensive line coach or promote one of the guys on staff. Uh, and, and continue with two offensive line coaches. Um, but um, I think the only reason they made the move now is that Russ was going to have an opportunity to go to the NFL. You make the move so that he doesn't do that right away. Um, but I, I still think unless something changes, unless Billy really likes the way that Russ is calling plays in the spring, it will be you know that Billy Napier will continue calling plays next year. Um, when they average, they average like 28 points a game last year. We've said it on this podcast before, uh, they say that they do a 
long look and, and a deep dive and, and they review themselves, they review each other and what did we do well, what did we do wrong. They fired two defensive coaches and a third defensive coach left. They brought in guys on special teams. They brought in guys in the weight room. They didn't make any changes on offense outside of Darnell Stapleton leaving on his own. So clearly, uh, after review, the ruling on the field was that the offense was not the issue. Um, so the plane watching and and getting you know the ghost of John Madden to come back and be the offensive coordinator and Edo was on the plane. Um, clearly, we we weren't listening to what Billy Napier was doing uh, in all the moves he made. Yeah, it doesn't. If Russ Callaway isn't calling plays, then and this is just you know to keep some continuity, and this is just on paper OC pay raise type of thing. Then this 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 hasn't changed anything. Um, I would like to see Russ Callaway get a shot at calling some plays to see if he has better chemistry and a better feel for play calling than, than Billy. Uh, I think spring is a good opportunity. Nick Nick, Nick uh, mentioned that so. If Russ could get some play calling uh, shots at it in, in the spring game to see if he has some different chemistry to take us into the fall. But right now, it's just the same offense. So it's just wait and see mode. Um, to go from two offensive line coaches right now to two OCs, and, and the fan base was screaming for OC and wanting to see a, pl- a play call to come in some fashion. <laughs> You're just still at the same spot. Like, I don't think we move further. Uh, a progress so far this offseason with staff moves. I think we're still in the same spot, unfortunately. Um, Taylor in the comments there, Russ is still the tight ends coach. Um, this doesn't make him an off-the-field coach. Florida still has one spot to fill, uh, and I think it will be another offensive line coach. I think they like two. They've said they like two. Um, shout out to my boy Caleb. Yeah, uh, Caleb, if you're listening, because this is an audio medium, medium mainly, Caleb said, Lagway said, Napier will be calling plays, and I still believe that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we better hope, like, our, our playmakers are more playmaking this this fall, you know? You need the the the, the Aiden Mazels and, and the Andy Jeans of the world, these guys that had a lot of uh, hype coming in to kind of mature this offseason because there, there are some plays being made in offense. It's just spots um, throughout the game where in the middle eight, we just get we get lost in the sauce. Or there's times where we go away from what's working and try triple reverses. So it's just chemistry-wise. I don't think that the offense is, is, is a complete failure. I mean, we can see that on paper. It's not, like, terrible. But there's mm-hmm. just some, some, some sauce missing from it, some energy and chemistry that good play callers have. Dan Mullen knew how to set things up and – play things off of certain looks. All great play callers are like that, and I don't see that in our offense. That's all. Uh, Maybe that changes in year three. We'll see. Uh, Rod Smith, uh, legendary wide receiver, said, I thought it was a great move. Billy's job is on the line. I would go out on my shield also. Um, Anyway, not putting my job in someone else's hands. Uh, So, yeah. So, again, take that as you will. Uh, was it a promotion to keep Russ Callaway from going to the NFL? Was it an analysis of, hey, we can do some things better on offense? Russ Callaway, previously offensive coordinator at Samford, not that game when Florida played Samford, um, <laughs> but uh, but previous uh, at Samford um, and uh, air raid offense guy. So will we see a little bit more of that? 
who's to know, uh, but you can see both sides here. Does Billy put it all in somebody else's hands if it's a make or break year? You might be in that camp to say, hey, here's an opportunity for us to improve. Or you might say, hey, why would I in my make or break year put it in somebody else's hands? That's right. the predicament that we find ourselves in. What's the answer? We don't know. Will you get it from anybody? No. And you'll just be able to see in August. Um, Nick, I'll say it again. Florida does not have an OC opening. Uh, Florida does have a coaching opening, though. Um, so that was a Brian Gardner comment there as well. So um, we still, Nick, you said that Florida um, is going to probably promote internally. Uh, they might be looking for another offensive line coach unless a coach hits the market. That might not leave in five weeks. Um, baseball, Nick, give us the rundown. Gators go 5-0 and against uh, UNF and then Columbia, the Fighting Lions. So, Nick, give us the update from the weekend and the week. Yeah, five and a week. So they're five and one on the year after getting mostly washed out week one. Um, got to see Liam Peterson, who um, I said last week is probably the best or is the best freshman arm I've seen on campus since Brady Singer. Uh, he throws against UNF, dices him up, throws against Columbia, dices him up. He's going to be a really good uh, pitcher for Florida this year. Uh, and then certainly down the line, uh, Florida – Columbia was a weird series. I think they scored 10 on Friday in the first inning and then had two hits until the eighth after that. And Columbia kind of, you know, squeezed, sneaks their way back into it, scored a bunch of runs. Um, Saturday, it's a one nothing game until the seventh, eighth inning. Uh, Florida has, you know, scores a bunch of runs late, wins that game. And then kind of the same deal on Sunday. Florida comes out, scores a bunch of runs in the first couple innings. Columbia hits a three-run home run. Makes it a little bit close. Um, but overall, Florida did what they needed to do. Took care of Columbia. Gets a sweep this week. They are away from Condren Ballpark for four of the five games. You're at Stetson in beautiful DeLand, Florida. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful to somebody. Beautiful nice. DeLand, Florida on Tuesday. Uh, hosting Bethune-Cookman, who is from Daytona Beach. And then down to Coral Gables. I'll be there. Um, my dad will be there. Silk up, man. Yeah, I'm pulling up, man. What, what, what night you say this is again? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'll be there Friday. Dan, not coming. Pause. I'm not going to be there. No. no. Ew. Not going down to Coral Gables. No. Are you Are you concerned with the pitching? Um, thus far, Nick, or are you everything's fine? Yeah. So Florida's. Um, I think Liam. The issue for me with with Cade Fisher is he's not throwing his change up a lot. Um, he's left-handed, uh, but he throws 90 to 94. Uh, and if you're only throwing fastball slider, or if you only have two pitches, uh, it, it's going to be difficult when you get into sec play. Um, you need to develop that change up, be able to throw three pitches against teams like Arkansas, LSU, Vanderbilt, um, Mississippi state. You need to be able to mix up more than just two pitches against, uh, lineups like that. So, this is the time I would expect to be seeing him using it more. If you're not comfortable with it, these are the kind of lineups that you can afford to experiment with pitches or right. throw something you're not comfortable yet. I don't want you to start going to you know the first SEC weekend and say, well, I got to throw 40% changeups tonight and haven't done that yet. So mm -hmm. that would be the only issue for me. He's He is a very good pitcher, um, but – developing that third pitch is something I would have liked to have seen him do more of 
by the time we're, you know, talking here on February 26th. Um, Liam Peterson looked good. Jack Caglione struck out seven, um, I think, in the first three innings. Uh, had a couple walks, left the fastball up. Somebody connects on it. It was funny. I was thinking to myself, when we were at UNF, uh, our seats were by the UNF bullpen, and all the guys were talking about, like, who do you think will strike Jack out? Like, that's the kind of level that Jack Caglione has gotten to. So, like, mm. the kid from Columbia hitting a home run off Caglione on Sunday – is probably like sending one of the student managers to go grab that baseball for me. Uh, and we'll be like telling his kids about the time I hit a home run off Jack Hagley. So that's kind of a weird thing that we're getting into where essentially his peers, other college athletes are looking at him and trying to like make an example, whether it's strike him out or get a hit off of him. Uh, so that's interesting, but he looked better. Uh, and then on my way into the park Sunday, I saw Pierce Capala, who's, Six foot nine, throws 97 miles an hour, has just been injured uh, the last two years. So he's another guy who I think could pitch on the weekend once he comes back. So he got any all speed okay. stuff or he's just 97 <laughs> miles per hour? Fastball, slider, split finger, changeup, four pitches. Um, and then we saw a bunch of, of really good freshman arms. Alex Philpot um, was a foul tip away from an immaculate inning, which would be. Uh, nine pitches, three strikeouts. Um, wow, Cookies. he had, had to throw 10. Uh, but Alex Philpot's been great. Luke McNeely, we saw him for the first time. Um, so there's a bunch of freshmen and then those guys that I've mentioned. So Florida baseball should be fine. Um, it will be interesting once you get into let's call it late March, early April when the season starts to get long. You're in game 35, game 40. Um, that's longer than, than these freshmen have played in a single season. So, um, that's, that's where my concern lies is you're relying a lot on freshman arms. At what point do they start looking like freshmen or, or, or hit that freshman wall? Hmm. All right. Well, baseball is back on the diamond. You said tomorrow, Tuesday, Tuesday in the land, Tuesday in the land, um, in the world of softball. Uh, freshman pitcher Olivia Miller is the first player in program history to throw two perfect games in a single season. Shout out to her. Uh, that's incredible to do, especially considering that you're only, what, probably three weeks in uh, to the season. Let's get a quick ad read for our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. It'll get you 15% off of your order. Anything that you'd want vintage Florida Gators logo wise uh, or about a hundred different schools from around the country. Go visit homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and Gale at checkout. will get you 15% off of your order. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Gators also added another coach to the coat or to the uh, strength and conditioning staff. Uh, Jesse Ackerman is going to be uh, joining uh, the, uh, the Gators, uh, coaching developments or uh, strength and conditioning staff, pardon me, as the associate director of player performance previously, uh, with, uh, army previously at the university of Florida with Will Muschamp and then, uh, Jim McElwain from 2012, uh, to 2015. Uh, he went to, the Atlanta Falcons as their team strength and conditioning coach as well. Two master's degrees, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but the, uh, the Gators add somebody else to the strength and conditioning staff. You said army, Dan, I want to make sure people know that it was the 
75th Battalion Army Rangers, not, not right. the yeah, so not Army Academy. Um, yeah, yes, it's someone, <clears throat> someone who I remembered um, from when he was here with Jeff Dillman, really oh. big, high-energy guy, um, Thomas Goldcamp. Uh, and I were talking about it. He said, this is a guy that can motivate a rock. Alex Anzalone quote tweeted the story, uh, pumped up about it. Jake McGee, a former player, pumped yeah. up about it. Um, really high energy guy, highly qualified. Um, so I think he's going to come in. And in, in my mind, this is um, kind of a sounding board. Um, it, it is going to be Tyler Miles running the strength conditioning program. But this is a guy who has been at, several schools uh been in the nfl has trained literal soldiers um so i think it is you have a really young guy in tyler miles running the program and this is someone who's a little veteran um that can uh you know miles can bounce questions off of and and use him uh, and his wealth of knowledge yeah, yeah i think really, I mean, really, go ahead yeah that's a, that's a really important uh position and role so like getting a guy that former players speak highly of is, is definitely dope because, you know, we, we was struggling in that strength and condition area. We fired, make a, make a hire. And then that guy gets poached. So we all were concerned because your off season is usually ran by these guys. So i uh, good to hear that he got some good uh, PR and good, you yeah. know, reputation in, in, with the players and whatnot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, anytime that you can get a former head strength and conditioning coach for the NFL to be an associate director is a win in my book. We don't break down a lot of strength and conditioning hires just cause um, you know, what are you, what are you going to say? You know what I mean? Um, before this role, it doesn't seem like he worked in 2023, but before this role, uh, it seemed like he was the XFL's head performance coach. Um, and before that, I know he was working uh, as a uh, private trainer for uh, the combine and things of that nature after leaving uh, the Falcons um, basketball, tough loss to Alabama, uh, but another win against Mike white. So atrocious um, calls in that game. It was some atrocious calls. Yeah. In the Alabama game, man. Absolutely. Yeah. No, atrocious calls. Yeah. We could have yeah. cleared. We should have cleared the bench about that, bro. I felt the way, but I wanted to jump through the screen. Yeah, like, I mean, not only late. did we get called for the foul. So what, what's wild to me is that the, the foul did not get called for the elbow, that we got fouled on that play, or that we got charged with the foul on that play, and then they come back and suspend him for the next game that they didn't even yeah. take a look at it. I, you know, I don't know. I don't follow basketball well enough. I was never really good enough to play, you know, basketball, so it's never I really can't my imagine sport. imagine that, man. Uh, no, yeah, not the really? same. So uh, I know hard to believe. Uh, breaking news. dunking it with. Nah, Dan, you look like a dunker to me, bro. Like, you got hops. I got some hops, but uh, but not yeah. like that. So just the rest big, of the whole coordination. You got big calves, man. So I figured I you was – 360 and whatnot, bro. I wish it'd be nice. It's my lifelong goal to uh, to be able to dunk. Um, I'm I'm starting to run up on my clock. My biological clock is ticking when it comes it's to over. dunking. Right, so maybe slam ball uh, when they put the trampolines. Yeah, around. hell yeah, dude. I'd love to. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, so a tough tough game uh, against Alabama, but the the boys uh, did look good against them and then obviously going and beating the fighting mike whites and the georgia bulldogs moves todd golden's record to four no and um yeah so the Gators vanderbilt are, saturday too 
or that's what I meant to say, Vanderbilt as well. Um, yeah. So a 13-point win over Vanderbilt. I think they were 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Vanderbilt had previously fired Jerry Stackhouse, who was their head coach. Uh, but uh, still a win is a win is a win in the SEC. Uh, so right now, if you look at projections, the Gators look to be a fifth or a sixth seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um Picked up a couple quad one wins, uh, which you need, and then they did pick up their first loss with some movement uh, in the quad two. Uh, but uh, but ultimately, the Gators sit in good position for Todd Golden's first NCAA run at the University of Florida. So, uh, gentlemen, any uh, any other additional thoughts here? No, nah, Todd got this thing cooking a little bit. I'm looking forward to the NCAA tournament. It's been a long time since I look forward to it. This is a team that could. Surprise some people. I don't think we got Final Four uh, hopes. If it goes that far, cool. But I think Ty Golden will have that little baby going crazy in the locker room, man. Uh, SEC tournament, even looking forward to that, bro. Yeah, playing the little Kodak. So they've got Missouri at home at South Carolina. Vanderbilt comes in March 5th. um, And then at Vanderbilt to end it. That's a nice little uh, hat tip to the SEC scheduler. Just gonna stay in Van. He's gonna stay in Nashville after uh, playing Vanderbilt on the ninth for the SEC tournament. You guys think the boys will go to Tootsie's the night before or the night after? I don't know. I mean, I would. I mean, you have a couple days of recovery. Nashville got a Tootsie's. Yeah, yeah, very not, different. Not type that. Of it's very, yeah, very different. different. Kind yeah, this is like <laughs> <a country laughs> I, I yeah, didn't know they were franchising. I was yeah. like, yo, I didn't know they was franchising like that. I know the one. In, no, in if you Florida, so, crazy. if you were looking for Tootsie's South Florida in Tootsie's yeah. Nashville, uh, I don't know how far went, into the building you point. would make it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that. if you want to hear some covers of Brooks and Dunn, then that's the place uh, to be. Uh, I'm, um, I'm open to. Nightlife music. I want to get like to uh, nightlife nightclub music. I'm open to a lot of different things when I'm in that vibe. I don't need to hear hip hop or R&B yeah. all the time. That vibe. I could hear absolutely anything. You know what I'm saying? Whatever got the vibes going. But Fantastic no, Dan, I wouldn't advise my basketball team to hit Tootsie's while in Nashville. I think that's a terrible idea. Um, that's why you're a bender coach and not a basketball coach. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, NCAA are the uh, EA Sports announced um, college football 25. We've talked about it on this show. Uh, said that they would be giving $600 to uh, to players to appear in the game as well as a free copy of the console uh, of their choice for that game. Uh, they said that they would also be agreeing uh, to some individual deals uh, with maybe some more recognized players. A lot of the big names uh, on the University of Florida uh, have announced. Montreal Johnson is a name um, that I have not seen announced. Uh, Eugene Wilson uh, has not announced. I believe they had one full week uh, to make that decision. But uh, but again, a lot of the players that maybe aren't your star players have already announced that they're going to sign. Uh, but some of the bigger names, maybe they're holding out a little bit. Maybe they haven't announced uh, one way or another, what their decision is going to be, or maybe they're one of the ones that will be doing a uh, higher caliber deal. But, Jen, what are your thoughts on what EA Sports is uh, giving these players? Six hundred for the for probably eighty percent of the players. Six hundred bucks and a free copy of the game. Being just being in the game, more than enough. Uh, I think EA is paying guys like I saw Graham Mertz promote it, and, and with you know the hashtag EA Partner. I don't know that you need to do that. Like maybe they really want some of those guys in the game, but I will play with 
quarterback eight from Guatemala. Like I don't care what nice. you put <laughs> you you put as the names. What well, you put as the names of the players. Like we we just want the college football game back. We've been waiting since 2014 for that game. So it'll be interesting. I I don't know which players like if the game were out last year, like Caleb Williams would have commanded uh you know a deal or else I'm not mm-hmm. in the game. And again, me as a consumer of the game, not, not as a, a journalist, as a writer, just as a consumer of the game, I don't care if your name's in the game or not. I'm playing it regardless. When I'm in year 15 in my dynasty, it's all fake names anyway. When I'm in year five of the dynasty, it's mostly fake names anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Unless you're that cases, tight end from Miami and then you're still in game <laughs> nine years in, you know? True. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the game to come out. I, I want to see what they do with the transfer portal with uh, name, image, likeness. Um, I want to see how many. I, w- I want to see the first picture Silk tweets of getting hit with sanctions for what he was doing in college football. Twenty five. It'd be my like. I don't. I, don't I, I get forced to play video games because of my son these days. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I really don't have a real desire to play, but he needs somebody to beat on in practice. So I'm his test dummy in, in Madden. I be getting house quick, but. All of it's just about like just value and worth. Uh, some of these players should get the six hundred bucks, you know, in the game, and then some players should be holding out a little longer. From mm-hmm. Eugene Wilson and the starting quarterback at any major university, I'm probably trying to see if I can get a separate deal, see what my NIL agent could pull off. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity for NIL agents to shine too, like being able to land your player on these covers and getting these marketing deals is a good flex. But I think this – I want to see what the game looked like because just watching my son play video games with Roblox and, and and a lot of these other games, there's so much stuff that you can go buy in these stores, like from Nike gear and suiting these guys up. So, like, if, if they using these guys' likeness and then you could go buy that set player, you know, gear and, and incentivize little, little things that kids spend money on these video games, the monetization part then they may have to double back and find some way to incentivize these guys to push their brand on the game, to go buy their merch through the game. Like there's Nike stores on Roblox. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. kids are buying their Roblox characters and, 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 and a lot of other games, they're buying their characters, different merch and things like that. So putting the players merch, maybe on there to incentivize and getting some money back that way. I think there's another level of monetization that can happen in the future, but I want to see how the game roll out. But, yeah, the six hundred dollar is transparent what the players are getting, but we don't know what. I don't think the schools are tweeting that out for no reason. I'm pretty sure the university using their logos and their likeness, they're getting paid. You know, Kirk Street. There's a lot of transparency that could be used on on all ends, but I don't think the six hundred dollars is necessarily bad. It's I mean, the game, the game's gonna make unbelievable money. They're adding, yeah. um, they're adding Ultimate Team, FIFA, and Madden Ultimate Team. So you're buying packs. And the packs come with cards and you open the pack and you get cards and that's how you make your player like a football card, baseball card. Um, Those dynasties were making like $800 million before they stopped NCAA. Like, could you imagine what they make now with all the monetization that goes on in gaming now? Like it's going to be through the roof. The anticipation, the weight, like all of that, this stuff is about to go crazy. So uh, we'll see after all the business is done, what's fair. But right now it depends on your value and worth and demand and a whole lot of other things. Yeah, I know there's obviously a lot of opinions on the uh, on the matter. I know, you know, the, the big thing I know, because there's, you know, obviously a 
conversation about announcers and what are they getting paid compared to the players getting paid. And, you know, I'd be curious to see if one day this continues to grow, you know, and you have some of these deals, if you don't start to work with some of these players on individual throwing motions and everything else, right. Are we just putting in Graham Mertz as a white quarterback who has the same, you know, throwing pattern as every other white quarterback in college football. Well, one day you have, you know, different throwing. Well, like, will you have a more, you know, Tim Tebow style, you know, throwing the ball or somebody that's a, you know, a little bit different type of runner. Will they one day put the sensors on you and really start to build out who that player is compared to just the name. So, you know, I kind of see both sides here. I thought that they were going to just follow the O'Bannon lawsuit where they gave everybody a thousand dollars. I thought that they were just going to do that moving forward. But I believe that uh, EA sports at seven and a half million dollars two players. Uh, and for a lot of these players, it might be one of the more lucrative deals uh, that they sign outside of maybe a collective. So uh, would, we will wait and see on that. Go ahead. So would you guys, I know we were talking about like, like Nick was saying, if certain players didn't sign to play, you would just create a player. Would, would you play the game without Kurt Herbstreit's voice? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he helps, you know, set the ambiance his voice has become synonymous with college football like things that things to me that you know are synonymous with college football it's gonna be weird next year if i tune into a 330 michigan penn state game and hearing the you know the sec on cbs jingle for that Mm -hmm. you know like like uh licensing that music from cbs would be something that i would want in the game because it creates the feeling that you get on Saturdays in the fall. And that's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get that feeling. So getting Kirk in the game, I think is important. Reese Davis, uh, whoever else we're going to have with Kirk. Um, But when you start getting into the game, when you're playing it for. Cut the volume off, bro. (laughs) Cut the music up a little bit. When you're you're playing it for like eight years or, you know, eight months uh, and you're in eight, nine, ten year of your, you know, your dynasty. You know, I remember we used to take like UCF or like San Diego State. You take one of the teams that's like really small and can't get great prospects and you try to make them like a national champion. Used to do that growing up. Yeah, I did that with Idaho a bunch of times. Yeah, you're you're in year 15. Those are fake names anyway. Those are fake people anyway. Uh, It'll be interesting to me if guys don't opt in, how do you keep the the average consumer from putting let's say Shador Sanders doesn't opt into the game they don't meet whatever he wants he doesn't opt in what's to stop me from going into a roster and editing Shador Sanders now you can't put profanity in in for names so um Hmm. that's been blocked in these games for a while but are you going to block then the name Sanders I'm sure there's somebody on another roster uh named sanders uh you know or a derrick wingo if i want to put d3r3kw1go and make a number 15 linebacker but it's still uh, whole, it's still some value even if they do that right it's like it's like adidas taking yeezy off of the yeezy but still selling the shoe and people don't go buy it right it's the state it's the same shoe but it's not a yeezy i think having sure door on the game officially does bring a, a different value to it. Of course, the people could go create whatever they want. Probably, I'm thinking like they should have the access to create, even if it's S. Sanders. You know, like we know it's Shador. But um, having these guys, especially if we get into what Dan was saying, with getting their mannerisms and and getting their likeness uh, on the game, and and some even you know how they use some of the the the, 
the animation for it to sell it. You know, like the actual likeness of Shador as a video game character, using that to sell it, using that in these game stores and, and selling other things in monetization process or like the different right. stores and shit. Like being able to use the likeness, that's a different value than just creating a player. There's there's way more levels. It's just it's game one. They're coming back out wearing the four the four or five like Jordan. Like mm-hmm. you can't ask for everything in this first go round. I think it's a good start and we'll see how it yeah. all plays out in the future. Yeah. And I mean they've been very, very limited on giving details, right? Other than the yeah. game is coming. They are doing deals. They've announced uh I think they have one commercial that was out. Uh, but other than that, it's been very, very limited in terms of details. A lot of the leaks seem to get squashed pretty quickly uh, that are out there. So uh, we will see. Um, but um, but who knows? I haven't had a PlayStation or an Xbox in about six or seven years. But with this game coming out, with Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out, you know, I'm getting a little older. But also, like, I mean, these are peak nostalgia moments for me. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They also did say... Uh, that because this game doesn't need to be able to be compatible with other um, earlier generations of uh, PlayStation as well, that you might see a, a totally different game uh, as well uh, than you might expect. Could you uh, imagine so I, if, if they got, my last thing, you could you imagine if they got the celebrations on the game like they always have and Shadur got the Rolex on or, mm-hmm. or the Richard Milley and he's doing this, putting his 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 wrist up with the watch like that type of lightness being able to sell that that's a different type of value that he brings but everybody's not that marketable either so it doesn't matter who you are who, who you yeah. is you feel me absolutely absolutely uh speaking of representation and nil uh nick broker said um that dj lagway signed with the network advisory mm-hmm. legacy sports advisory uh he'll be working with justin gian grand and Derek jackson uh Derek jackson represents anthony richardson uh justin uh Jean grand is a uf alum uh so and then with that i believe florida victorious uh, had a tweet about dj lagway um the other day uh as well uh, getting that across uh, the finish line. Um, another name that you heard during the offseason because he was on the road traveling, Florida graduate assistant Callie James uh, is headed to Jackson State to be their defensive line coach. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, he spent the last two years at the University of Florida. Um, other than that, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? No, no, no. Um, if you before you go to the baseball game, eat, eat, yeah, that's great advice, right? It's fantastic advice, probably even something healthier than uh, than a glizzy or you know, <laughs> a, a pre packaged frozen uh hamburger. Uh, yeah, I, would, I would have handed that cheeseburger back. I'm gonna be honest with you, Nick. You're a brave man. I don't know if you or the lady ate the cheeseburger, but I would have gave a piece of travel. The cheeseburger was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um all right gentlemen let's get out of here one final ad read our friends over at alumni hall go visit alumnihall.com uh or on online or on archer road anything that you'd need accessories apparel uh golf tailgating uh christmas holiday gifts birthday gifts whatever it might be from uh from short to tall and young and old alumni hall has you taken care of alumnihall.com or alumni hall on archer road in gainesville florida right off of 75 right near uh, the three-car drive-through Chick-fil-A. Uh, with that, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, if you will. Share this with a friend, uh, family member, loved one. And other than that, we will get you guys out of here. Uh, is my song of the week? 
Why was Kylie Jenner in Gainesville? What was going on? I've been not on the social oh, uh, like going on. Like, promoting she was doing tequila. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Makes it's sense. Not very good tequila either. Eight one eight. It's trash. Um, they just put a lot of stuff. Like most tequilas, they just put a lot of stuff into it. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of additives into tequila. Already. Yeah, I heard Casamigos is a big additive adder. <laughs> well, what happens is you know. You, you get Casamigos, <laughs> and it's a small family-run Unless place. they want to sponsor here. They, they have no Yeah, unless, you know, <laughs> shout out George Clooney. Yeah. You know, contact information's on the website. Then it's, it's a great tequila. <laughs> Kylie as well. It depends yeah. on who you want to sponsor with it. Like, we can change our tune any second now. Got to stop talking about brands. <laughs> uh, Nick, you were going to say about Casamigos. I get – Oh, it started off, you know, um, small family-run ranch – um, and then you start, you end up getting a, a celebrity like George Clooney to endorse it becomes really popular, um, becomes very profitable. You have to scale up, uh, tequila profits, baby. You can't scale up tequila <laughs> like that originally. So you start buying other ranches and now it's just, a, it's a different product than what it is, but it doesn't look like it cause you slap the same label on it. But yeah, I think they just yeah. grew too quickly. You lose quality with the scale up, baby. Yep. That's just what it you is. Yep. 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 All right. So uh I some G4 about- tequila silk. G4? G4. What like elaborate? Who makes G4? Is like the G4 is like the is the brand. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. I think so. Yeah. I heard G5 the club. Never heard of G4 the tequila. Join for G4. uh Gators Talk and with tequila tasting. Hey, we gotta we gotta sophisticate and give the people some culture of where to buy a good, yeah. you know, tequila, bourbon, yeah. and things of that yep. nature. G four is additive free tequila. Um, I've had their blanco and their resposado. Nice. Really enjoy it. I'm gonna check it out this weekend. I'll give you a review next show. Bet at Tootsie's. At Tootsie's. No, I don't go to Tootsie's. That's not, I'm a scarlet. Yeah, guy. no, no, it's just it's just a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a scarlet guy. Tootsie's is too loud for me. I'm old. Yeah, same, same. Uh, song of the week. Uh, two friends and cheat codes have a new song called "The Way It Is." They play a little sample of uh, "The Way It Is" that you're familiar uh, with some other stuff. So, really good new song that just came out on Friday. Uh, if you're into a little bit of the uh, the house music, kind of fun, uh, vibey pool uh, type setting music, go Sorry. check out "The Way It Is." Uh, by uh, Cheat Codes and Two Friends. And with that, we will see you guys the same corner, same time next week. Thanks for everybody uh, that hopped in the chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Make sure before you leave, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the friend, and we will see you guys next week. I won't let your love ever go to waste. I won't ever do that to you You're always the start of my better days Your gravity is pulling me through And oh, oh, tell me that you know that Tell me that you know that, know that Oh, 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 I can't change the way that I feel for you
just the way 